You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 136. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 136. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Well, hello, governor. Oh, it's hello, baby. Ta- talk with an accent day. It is? I, I always do that. Though. I know, I know. You're so cute. How are you? I'm doing great. You, well, Today's you look fucking fine. So do you. Ew, yeah. I clean up all right. We're getting ready to go out this evening, and so I've put makeup on. My Me too. My twice a month thing that I do these twice days. Twice a month makeup application. Because <laughs> I'm usually in just yoga pants and no makeup. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. We have an awesome topic that I... I have never done before which is kind of crazy it seems like we did something close to this did uh, Mm -hmm. well it's all tied together but we're going to talk about how to let go of perfection so we're going to dig into a lot of the reasons why it fucking sucks to be a perfectionist (laughs) yeah you know the thing about perfectionism is people that are perfectionists really get things done yeah, they do, but it's but really... it takes longer to get there. It takes longer, and it's also a really, really unfun ride. It's not enjoyable. Right. Nobody who is who is who struggles with perfectionism is like, it's amazing. It feels so good. Well, yeah, and the other thing is, is anything ever perfect? Exactly. Right? Yes. So I'm sure you'll tap into we're, that. We're, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it, but... I'm really pumped to be. I feel kind of like a a musician with groupies because, <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself, because I now officially have merch. I, I have merchandise. You have merch, merchandise. <laughs> Even if I'm like the biggest purchaser of it all, um, <laughs> because I'm bought in. But if you, if you guys have been listening to the show, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and I'm just so so incredibly excited so there's a couple of things that you need to know everything will be in the show notes everything that we talk about today so anything you need to know you can always go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 136 and you'll find the links to everything you need but if you're hanging out at thejoyjunkie.com and you click on shop now you will have the opportunity to buy a bunch of fun Joy Junkie swag. You've got three uh, collections. Joy Junkie sayings that you use. Yes, right? we've got three collections. So there's there's a couple things you need to know. One, I have a handmade grace and kindness necklace that that is really cool. Yeah, that is being sold handmade. I watched you make them. Yes, by myself, and I designed the postcard and everything that you see that you get with it and all of it. So it's totally from my heart to you, and it's Aww. it's because it's something that I. It's become a huge piece of my business, the grace and kindness concept 
of you can speak up, you can do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, even if people don't love it, even if they don't receive it well, as long as you can handle yourself with grace and kindness and you're proud of how you've shown up. So I created these necklaces. The necklaces you can purchase on my site. And for the next week, only through the 28th, the 28th is the last day you can do it, I'm offering them for $10. 10 bones? And if you use the coupon code BLING50, the word bling, Mm -hmm. and then 50, you... 50 in numbers, five zero. Five zero. thank you. You can get $10 off a purchase of $50. So if you're like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for all my girlfriends. I'm going to get them for gifts. And, you know, you spend 50 bucks, you get $10 off. So it's like getting one for free. Bling fitting. Which is kind of awesome. And so that's being sold by me, right? And then I have an online merchant, um, kind of like a storefront through a company called Society6. Yeah. Who is selling... Designs that I've created and uploaded and and made completely myself. And those you can get as mugs, travel mugs, pillows, tote bags. And those come in three different collections. So there's a Grace and Kindness collection. There is a I'm a Joy Fucking Junkie collection in two different shades, two different colors. Nice. Of course. Avi. Avi. And the third one is I am... Currently not accepting any piles of shit collection. Love that. So you can get mugs that say that, throw pillows, you know, all sorts of different things, <laughs> artwork for your home. And if you purchase... bumper stickers? No. No? No bumper stickers. That'd be good, though. <laughs> that would be good. I don't know I don't know if I've ever seen that. Bumper stickers are out of style anyway, I guess. Does the people do that if they're yeah. not, like, 70? <laughs> anyway... So if you want to buy something from the swag shop from Society6, be sure to use my link that you'll see on the site. So I'm super, super excited. If you're interested in the grace and kindness necklaces, be sure to jump on that sooner than later because those are extremely limited. Nice. That'll be fun. So I'm really pumped. I know. I saw your site. It's really cool. I like the way it's set up. It looks so cute. Yeah, it looks really good. So um, and if, if you end up grabbing a thing or two or whatever you happen to to pick up be sure to tag me on instagram so i can see you in your new necklace or your new mug or whatever it is and you can tag me at at the joy junkie is my instagram handle or hashtag bling (laughs) fitty no it would be hashtag jj swag jj swag jj swag that's on twit right that's on the tweet the the oh my gosh! The, the tweeting. What do you guys do? Oh my god, Mr. Smith, <laughs> unacceptable. No, it, that would also be on Instagram. Oh, I don't. I don't tweet okay. as much. I'll go on in there, but I prefer Instagram as a yeah. platform. It seems like most people are these days. A lot of people. Do. Anyway, yeah. Side note: all the hipsters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the twit, the tweet, the tweeting, the, 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 the tweeting. What do, you do? what do you do? All right. Well, let's give you a little, a little voice time. My time. My segment time. Yep. Oh, good. Would you rather? Uh, so this one is for the ladies. Oh, the ladies. Yes. Ooh, it's the ladies. It's a sip of my cavatier. Cavatier. And just put it in the butt. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you remember? <laughs> the ladies, man. That's what he always said. Uh, I would suggest just putting it in the butt. That's right. Don't be shy. 
Whip out everything you got and do it in the butt. <laughs> oh, class act. All right. Class yeah, act. For sure. All right. So for the ladies, would you rather never have painful cramps again? Okay. Or never have to shave again? Mm. I think I, oh, that's a tough one, but I think. Like you could have silky smooth legs for the rest of your life without ever putting a blade to them. I think that's what I would pick. Or never have cramps again, ever. Well, my cramps are rough, but they're manageable uh-huh. and I can take Advil and knock them out pretty quickly. Uh, but shaving is a pain in the ass, like just, and it's constant. Yeah. You know, it's a couple times yeah. a week. It's not. It's not once a month or a couple times a month or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it's excessive. So that's what I would pick. What would you pick if you it's were a, a huge inconvenience. If you were a girl. Um, I kind of enjoy shaving. For me, it's kind of a moment of kind of mental clarity. Really? Like it's like almost a little... meditative. Yeah. Huh. Maybe so, I need to switch my perspective when I'm shaving. I'd put, I'd put up with the cramps a couple times. But you I know think. what I do? And this this is something just kind of speaking to that. All right, I, excuse me. I would never want to have cramps. Of course I would not. rather just shave. And, yeah. But then you'd still have to have cramps. Oh, oh, oh. So you're saying take away the cramps. I'll yeah, shave. I'd rather be pain free. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Well, I when I shave, I do. I talk to my body. And this is something that oh, cool. I highly suggest for those of you guys out there who struggle with physical ailments or body image issues. When I shave and when I wash my body in the shower, I will constantly um, thank my body. You know, I'm like, thank you so much for, you know, carrying me all over the place. And thank you for getting me through that workout. That's awesome. You are yeah. so good to me. Thank you for, I'm so sorry I've been abusing you with so much alcohol lately. <laughs> 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 or so much chocolate and peanut butter. But but it gives me the opportunity to just, again, kind of express gratitude. So maybe yeah. I should pick shaving. Now I'm going to pr- switch my perspective. Oh, oh, nice. I like it. So, all how right. About, so how about the ladies? I want to hear from the ladies. Let's, yeah. Tell us what you think when you cruise over to thejoyjunkie.com. And, um, and yeah, let us know. All right. So, okay. Let's get so into some topic. Let's talk about perfectionism because this is something that I personally think we throw around somewhat haphazardly and we kind of identify ourselves as perfectionists, but we don't really look at it for how detrimental it is we kind Mm -hmm. of wear it like a badge of honor yeah we're like oh well that's because i'm a perfectionist and it's it's not that noble to be honest like for the i i've never met one perfectionist that doesn't feel ailed by that define a perfectionist what is a perfectionist somebody who is so wrapped up in the pursuit of perfection whatever that means, which is so elusive. Right. And we'll talk about exactly. that in a minute. But that that they're it's virtually impossible for them to accept anything less than. Mm. So it's cloaked in a huge emotion of not enough. And I don't know any perfectionist who's like, yeah, this feels really awesome. You know, like we were saying, I, I don't. I've never heard anybody when they really talk about the role that it has in their life that they're like, yeah, it's really working for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have that issue, so it's 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. You have other issues. I've got other issues. That's not one. <laughs> so I want to talk about four different problems with perfectionism. And one of them is kind of what I talked about just a second ago, which I isn't part of the four that I had initially written down. But one is that we we joke about it. We act like it's not serious or that it's not seriously influencing our happiness. Mm. So I think we need to address it as something that needs to change. Okay. So the first thing is that, and this is kind of what you were talking about a second ago or alluding to, which is it doesn't exist. Right. Perfect, like really, truly, by definition, is simply unattainable. Is, it's just absolutely unattainable. It's like that dangling carrot that you can never get to. So the chase and the pursuit of it is just frustrating, anxiety-inducing, uh, and it really just plain old feels like shit. Right. Because not only is it not attainable, but our definition of perfection changes all the time. And... So it's like a a slippery slope because just when you think like, okay, this will make it perfect, then we change our method of perfection. Right. Yeah. Right? So it really is virtually impossible to be perfect. Yeah. I deal with that in body image. Do you? Uh, And like perfection in their bodies. You know, as a body worker, people come and they want everything to be perfect. And I'm like, you're perfect the way you are. There's enhancements that can go along with that, but perfect is what you are right now. Right, right. Well, and we're going to talk about that as like how to switch your perspective around perfect or perfectionism. Um, you know, in it, kind of in the second little segment here. But the first, I really wanted to underline the problems with it. Okay. You know, why why it's worth unattaching from uh-huh. because we're so attached to it. You know, right. it's a really noble concept, right? It's excellence. It's perfection. It's really doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. And we can have the belief that we need to do that for a ton of different reasons. And that's really the deep work. Most of the time, there's something really deep uh, rooted for people that makes them believe that they are not enough unless they achieve perfection. That is something I can't necessarily unpack for you in a nice 30-minute episode. Sure. That takes years to yeah. to really understand where your belief system, you know, I'm not going to get into all of that. But I'm going to am going to talk about some of the the very real tangible things that we can do. Another huge problem with perfectionism and all the perfectionists out there are going to be like, oh my God, yes, is it locks you into inaction. Right. It is the perpetual, okay. I am not ready. It's not ready. The book's not finished. The site right, can't so. launch. I can't start this career. I can't do that. I'm not ready. It's not perfect. Right. Okay. Yeah, so absolutely. So you, you put off everything. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Because And then you, during that whole process, all you do is agonize over it being perfect before you can actually finally do whatever it is that you really are dying to do. Yeah. Wow. So that's another huge problem with that's it. That's not fun. And the third problem with perfectionism, and this is what we've talked about already, is it never feels good. It feels like shit. Because you can never get there. 
So imagine any, I mean, imagine an orgasm where you could, like, you you can never reach orgasm. Like, how frustrating would that be? Because it has to be the perfect one. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, if you could never get to your end result, your I end see. solution. Okay. okay, okay. If okay. you would just have sex, but you could never reach what you're trying to reach, that is perfectionism. Yikes. You can never get there. So the pursuit of it is nothing but frustrating. Yeah. Is nothing but agonizing. The fourth thing, and this is something that I think gets overlooked a lot, is you never get to fail, which is really the only way in which we learn. Like, imagine if Edison stopped at his first failed experiment. Right? Yeah. Like, we would never uncover what we really need to uncover. We would never grow. We would never learn. We would, in essence, remain completely stagnant. We would stay in this inaction, this procrastination, and you never learn. So our relationship to failure is very much in tandem. And we're going to talk about this in how do we change, what do we do about this? But we really, I truly believe, need to change our relationship to failing. Okay. And an embracing of what that really means. Like there really is no progression without failure. And failure also does not have to be a dirty word. Right. It doesn't have to be this thing that we cower from or that we are trying to never do. You know, like I can't ever let this happen. So I'm just going to stay in in action. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, well, what can we do about it then? So the first place for you to look is to recognize in yourself where you have created self-inflicted rules about perfect. So a lot of the times I'll talk about this in my work as the rules that we establish for ourselves. And sometimes these rules come from other things like our parents telling us like, no, you have to be a straight A student or you have to become a lawyer or, you know, sometimes they come from external forces. Sure. And then sometimes they're just the truths that we've adopted and created along the way. Uh, For myself, I have always been a huge perfectionist and I can't trace it back at all to any childhood thing. My parents were not at all like you need to be perfect you need to be never I never received any outside stimuli around perfection it was something that I created just innate somehow based off of influences or things that I saw or beliefs that I and again without getting into belief system we create that stuff subconsciously we don't realize we're doing it we're not like let me go ahead and attach to being a perfectionist so do you have to get to the bottom of that in order to really Fix it or? No. Okay. No, not necessarily. That's a great, that's a great thing to dig into to understand and just go, oh, okay, I don't have, I see why I did that. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of give yourself compassion. Like, no wonder my mom made it me feel like this and blah, blah. The most important thing right now is that you understand what rules you've made up. Okay. As in, I'll give you an example for me. For a long time, it was, I can't go out of the house unless I'm fully dolled up, unless I have all sorts of makeup on. Gotcha. Who says that? You did. Nobody says it except me. That is 100% self-inflicted, right? Right. So start looking at the rules. A lot of perfectionists have this around their home and entertaining. Yes. 
I cannot allow people in my home unless all the couches have been vacuumed and the carpets have been shampooed and all my good dishes are out and all that. that those are rules that you made. Like we get to make up the rules of our life. So why do we create rules that make us feel awful? Is it just to project worth? Like why? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because And that really leads me into the next place that I want you to look at is what do you make up? It will mean about you, your home, your job. What, what do you make up it will mean if it's not perfect? Mm-hmm. Or if it is perfect. And usually those are closely in tandem with worth. So for instance, if my house is immaculate, then I must be a worthy friend. And again, this is all subconscious. We don't go, yeah, let me put all my investment into my good china so that people can like me. We don't th- we don't think like that. It's all like a like an undercurrent of how we operate. Yeah, it's definitely that, an undertone, yeah. That is why it is so important that when we have these realizations, we unpack it and create a new truth. Because what we're doing right now, you everybody listening, you are in conscious mind. We're not in subconscious mind. We're in conscious mind. So we okay. can start looking at the scenarios in our life and go, "Oh, here's a rule I made up for myself I didn't even realize, and it's making my life suck." Mhm. Let me change that rule. Mm-hmm. And it really is kind of like a letting go, like a loosening of the fist. I had, I really had to do that for a long time. And I still struggle with that around I can't uh, film a video for my website without looking a specific way. Or I, I have a lot of things around aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that has a lot of childhood stuff. I don't know around notions of beauty or whatnot. But one of my big things is aesthetics in image and website design, all my brand. So I'll get really nitpicky about a font and a spacing and shit like that. And that has to be perfect, 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 perfect. And when I stop that and I go, what do I make that mean? I stop and I go, okay, wait a minute. So if this new brand, you know, if this new website, if this new whatever doesn't have the perfect font or letter spacing, so? Like it doesn't mean yeah. it, 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 it uh, is it that um, people are going to look at your page and go, oh, she's not put together. Or, you know, like. It could be. It could be. So th- I think that there's. Now it has become such a response and it has become such a like a way in which I operate that I have to stop my, it's almost like a vortex. So mm-hmm. I have to stop myself going, that, that, Amy, that doesn't, that actually doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's going to be one of my tips actually that I'm going to talk well, to you. Detail in. oriented is one thing. Perfectionism is another. Right. right. It is, this has to happen or else. Yeah. You know, like right. I cannot move forward unless this looks like this. Got it. So let me backtrack just a second. So really recognizing your own self-inflicted rules about perfect. And this usually shows up in two ways. You're thinking, like, I must do this. It has to look like this. I have to behave like this. You know, really that, that loop in your mind. And then it also is part of your behavior. And they're very much in tandem. They work simultaneously. Mm -hmm. 
how you speak to yourself about perfectionism, and then how you behave. Those two things you have control over. And keep in mind, you most likely created your truth about perfect subconsciously. So we have so much more power now that we're approaching it from a conscious place. Right. So after you start wrecking, okay, here's where I really get sucked into perfect. Most people have it really predominantly in one category, like body. My body has to be flawless or my relationship or my career or, you know, usually there's one major topic for people where it's really obvious. That's the big kahuna. So then the second place to start unpacking it and looking at it is what do you make up it will mean if it's not perfect? And that's really when you start understanding how much of what you do is equated to your self-worth. Like if I don't show up in this way or be this flawless or be perfect, then I'm not going to be loved. Then I'm not going to be accepted. People won't like me. It usually has something related to worth. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, our rational mind, when we look at that going, if somebody doesn't want to be friends with me because there was a little bit of, you know, crap on my countertop or on my carpet, is that really a friendship I want in my life? (laughs) Right, right. You know, when we really stand back and look at it, we go, okay. And it's okay to have an ideal. Like it's a, and this is what I've had to really work on is it's okay for me to have an ideal of what I would love my house to look like at all times. Sure. But I gain peace when I don't attach to that having to be exactly what it looks like. So when I look at it and go, okay, you know what? If I would have had more time, I would have loved to shampoo the carpets or I would have loved to start some incense or. But since I didn't, I can let it go. Let me just let it go. And that's the practice. For sure. Is when you don't reach your ideal. It's okay to have an ideal. It's okay. It's the problem is when it starts controlling you if you don't um, execute the ideal. Got it. So the other thing, too, that I really wanted to look at, this is number three under what do we do about it is really focusing on the big picture instead of the minutia. So perfectionism is always in the detail, the minutia, the immediacy of this particular instance. It's like, it's me freaking out over, oh, I can't film this video without being perfect right now. I'm not thinking of the big picture of Amy Smith's life. How important is it that you look a specific way on this fucking video? Right. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, the perfect house cleaning situation. Mm-hmm. In the moment, the minutia, which you're attached to, is my house needs to be flawless. I need to have all these candles going. I need to have the carpets cleaned. I need to da 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 But if you stop the focus on the small picture... And stand back and look at in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life. How important is the fine china right now? How important is burning that candle? How important is that? Not really. In the grand scheme of my life, the most important thing is probably connecting with those people that are coming into my home. Right. The 80-year-old Amy would have said, hey, Less focus on the fucking incense and candles, more (laughs) focus on connecting with those amazing spirits. Right. 
So that's a huge, huge advantage for me. In coaching, we call it the meta view versus the micro view. Micro. Standing outside of that tiny micro view of perfectionism, like this project needs to be perfect. My eyeliner needs to look this way. You know, my this speech that I give needs to be flawless. This report that I do needs to be this way. What would your 80, 90-year-old self tell you about that instant? Okay. It's probably much more in alignment with your true values and your true purpose and your reason for being here on earth. So when I look at that, I kind of go, oh, yeah, duh, Amy. Okay, my ideal would be to have all the candles lit. But if I don't get to it, it actually is way more important that I hang out with this person and connect with this human who really could give a shit if I have incense going. Yeah. Right? And the fourth and final thing, and this is another thing that I love for my own self too, you know, is as we're very much a recovering perfectionist, I am in recovery still. <laughs> uh, and it's still a constant work, as, as I'm sure you can tell just through this episode. The striving, the striving now is for excellence, not for perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's this huge fallacy that we buy into that if we let go of per- the pursuit of perfection, that we're all of a sudden going to become slackers. We're not going to care about precision or accuracy. We're not going to care about excellence. And that is the farthest, farthest thing, from, thing the, from the truth. Yes. Right. you Like I said, you can still have the ideal. You can still strive for excellence, but we're striving for something that's extremely possible instead of something that is completely impossible. Uh, Yeah. And it gets you in alignment with your values. It's important to me to execute things with excellence. Absolutely. Not at all costs, though. Not at the point of my own sanity. Not at the point of compromising what really matters to me, which is connection with people I love dearly. So it, um, for me, just even saying, striving for excellence instead of perfection feels so much better to me. Yeah. Because it's attainable. Changes your mindset a little bit, yeah. And I can look at a ton of different things that I've done, whether it's like a new website design, a new you know info page on my site or something, and I can go, you know what? It's not perfect, but that's fucking excellent. Right. That is excellent. And that feels good. Like the energy around it feels way better. Instead of, yeah, but it's not perfect. And that feels, ugh. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? Feels like failure. Yeah. So those are my thoughts on nice. perfectionism. What do you, anything you wanted to add or any no. like, well, what do you do about this? Or? No, I think, I think that's a great way to cover it. I, you know, I think it's just difficult to get out of your own head sure. in this instance. So getting into that meta view gets you out of your head. That's very true. Right? Because that's the most important thing. So whatever tools that you can find that get you out of that micro focus of perfection uh, will probably, you know, that's one mm-hmm. example. But I'm sure other people can come up with something on their own. Like, what gets me out of my head? What's going to get me out of this perfection mode? You well, know, one of the things that I find really advantageous, like if we want to put it into somewhat of a metaphor around meta and micro view is is to almost visualize watching yourself going through this agony and this angst of putting makeup on or trying to do this report flawlessly. Or if you almost stand out of that and imagine that you are watching yourself on a stage or a screen mm-hmm. as a movie, 
And you're just like, well, what would I... That girl looks really unhappy. Yeah. She's stressing out about how big that font is. Right. <laughs> oh, she's stressing out about how perfect her eyeliner is. Wow. But look at all these amazing people who are around her or mm-hmm. around him. Wow. If she would just focus on connecting with that human, they would. she would have so much more fun. Or, you know, using the tool of your future self, you know, your 80 or 90 year old self. What would that person tell you? Absolutely. Because everything in the moment feels urgent. Everything in the moment feels life and death. It feels like an emergency. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. You know, like yep. I can't imagine my 80-year-old self being like, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you stressed out forever about the colors for your new website. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really important. Made a huge difference in my impact on the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, and that's one of the big things that I've let go of with the podcast is I used to feel freaked out if the audio wasn't flawless, if the dogs like made a noise in the background like you making noise on the bed or something like that or the chair squeaking and I'm like 80 year old Amy would be like people want to know about what you have to say they don't give a shit if there's like a little noise in the background that's right that's exactly right so it's those sort of daily practices all the time because there was times when we would argue about it and you were like I really think you need to let go of your attachment to the perfection you know in the podcast yeah and I really started looking at it and I'm like, not once, except for that one time when somebody was like, there's a fart noise happening. Oh, that was that chair that yeah, we had. Yeah, when the chair. And and then I was like, perfect. <laughs> That's what, perfect in itself, you know? <laughs> it's perfect in its imperfection, right? And, uh, but I've never, ever had somebody say, oh, the production quality, or I really wish, you know, people say all the time how... It, it has radically changed their life. That is what I'm here for. That is what I am meant to do. That is what, on my deathbed, I'll look back and say, that's what I'm glad I spent my time and energy on. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Joey and Bianca were making noise in the background. Exactly. Right? Exactly. All right. So anyway, I'm really, truly hoping that that's helpful for you guys. And also just to underline that it is a practice. And it is a constant dance between getting sucked back into old patterns and then having the awareness. And so I will catch myself and go, oh, I'm doing it. Right. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. What if, what if that just didn't matter? What if, okay, well, and then you just start gradually making concessions, gradually loosening up that grip, gradually not caring about the shampooed carpet, gradually not caring about the font or the winged aligner. And it's just baby steps. And you can still care about excellence. It's two totally different things. Your Indian name would be Amy Opens Fist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I'm really hoping that this is helpful for you. And please go check out all the JJ swag over at thejoyjunkie.com slash shop. And be sure if you want those grace and kindness necklaces that you jump on it before the 28th. I'm going to get mine. Oh, you'll be so cute. <laughs> you'll be so cute. I'll gift you one. You will? Yes. <gasps> Do you hear that, people? Consider it compensation for your role here on the <laughs> show. <laughs> all right, I did guys. a podcast for four years with my wife, and all I got was this stinking necklace. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a grace and kindness. And it was a beautiful necklace. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.